Jeremiah chapter 17. Try to give you a little something that the Lord put on my heart early this morning. I was praying this week, praying yesterday, and uh, last night went to bed, and as I'd wake up during the night, I'd ask the Lord, I said, Lord, I need something. Just be honest, I really didn't know exactly where we'd be at this morning, and and boy, I thank God that God's able to come through, though. And as I was waking up during the night, every little bit, the Lord would just give me a little piece of the message, and I'd, you know, thank Him and ask for some more and go on back to sleep. And boy, I sure am thankful for God's goodness because just to be honest, I can't stand here this morning without the help of the Lord. Or should I say, I don't want to stand here this morning without the help from the Lord. And I don't want to stand without a message from the Lord either. We got 66 books in the Bible and we can come in here, we can preach or teach anything that we want to in a sense. And we can come in here with something. But I want to make sure that we have something from the Lord. So uh, as we look here for just a few moments here in, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 down through verse 8, we'll read a handful of verses of Scripture. And uh, we, we see as we come here the captivity of Judea for their sin. And this is in the context of the Scripture. And we're not going to be necessarily giving all the history here. But they was trusting in man there in verse 5 led to a curse. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be cursed. And what they was doing, they was trusting in a sense in man's wisdom. And I'll tell you something, this is something a lot deeper and a lot higher than man's wisdom that you and I have available to us, and that's God's wisdom. So we live our life according to what we think that we need to be doing and uh, different things like that. And uh, we don't depend upon the Lord enough to give us the wisdom that we need to live out our life. And so we find that in verse 5, but in verse 7 we find that God a blessing, and we're going to see why God's going to be blessing, and we go on in verse 9, the heart's deceitful, and uh, hey, the heart's deceitful above all things, who can know it but the Lord, in the context of the scripture, and in verse 12, in God alone is sure salvation, and that salvation comes no other place than through the Lord Jesus Christ, what God gave his best for you and I, and that's in the context of the scripture, but if we look here in Jeremiah chapter 17, at verse 5 down through verse 8, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Again, they're trusting in man's wisdom. They're trusting in men's... And I'm not talking about a godly man. I'm talking about wicked men's leadership. And I believe this is what's caused our country a lot of problems. We've went by man's philosophy. And we went by man's wisdom. And we've got away from the things of God. And I believe we still have a great country that's founded on the things of the Lord. But at periods of time, men tend to think they know more than God and they try to go their own way because they think they know better or know more than God does. And I want to tell you right now, we don't know more than the one that created us, that formed us out of the dust of the ground and breathed breath into our nostrils and then formed one of the most beautiful things that God's ever given us outside of Jesus Christ, a woman from the rib of man. It's no surgeon that can create what God has created. And he's a God of all wisdom that's placed our world into existence. He spoke and there it was. And he created everything to work perfectly and in harmony with one another. He gave the grass in order that the uh, the cows and stuff and the horses all can get out and graze and uh, give us food back. The cows, I've never eaten a horse as far as I know, amen. Uh, but he's given us a, a water system that we have to plenish the earth. And it's evaporated and then it, uh, it rains again. And yet the earth is never flooded. It's a perfect system of what God has given. And why in the world do we want to live uh, under man's wisdom when we got an all-knowing God that's wise in all things? And we need to get back to the word of the Lord. And we find here in the Bible it says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in me a man, and that's talking about man's wisdom, and make a flesh his arm, and whose heart departed 
from the Lord. That's how we know that he's talking about wicked counsel of men. Not talking about somebody that's given their self over to the Lord and, and God is raised up to be a teacher and preacher and try to lead people uh, in the ways of the Lord. It's talking about deceitful and wicked men. Now look at verse 6. For he shall be like the heart uh, uh, in the desert and shall not see when good cometh. You know, this word, America, they can't see when good comes to them because they're blinded by the, uh, by the evil one. They're blinded by the devil. They can't even see what is good, amen. But shall inha- uh, inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt, uh, salt land and not inhabited. Boy, it's a dry and thirsty place, he says they're going to inherit. And verse 7, though, look what it says. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope uh, the Lord is. So if you want to be blessed, don't go with wicked men's counsel, but you go with uh, God's counsel, the word of the Lord. You go with uh, godly people's counsel that's in your life, and you can be blessed. And look what he compares it to. If you follow the Lord and trust in Him, and your hope is in the Lord, verse 8 says, For He shall be as a tree planted by the waters. I hope this rings a bell to you because if you read your Bible any at all and you've come across Psalms number one, you'll find that it tells us we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And what it's talking about is you follow the word of the Lord. And if you want to be strong and able to stand in this dry and thirsty land that we live in, our trust has got to be somewhere besides in men's wisdom and the world's wisdom. It's got to be in the Lord and our hope must be in the Lord. And so he said those that trust in the Lord, they shall be as a tree planted by the water waters and that spreadeth out our roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh but her leaf shall be green and shall not be uh, careful in the year uh, of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit and boy I don't know about you but I want to be there in verse 8 amen where it compares us to a tree and we'll go back that here in just a few moments but I want to just give you about four thoughts this morning or four things that we need to trust in the Lord in uh, we've got a world that's trusting in everything besides the Lord. We've got a world that's trusting in government to look after them. I don't know about you, but I don't want a wicked government trusting in them to look after me. It's a God in heaven's been looking after me, and we've already gave testimony this morning. God's going to look after His people. God's going to look after His work. And boy, I sure do thank the Lord for that this morning. Amen. But we've got folks trusting in all kinds of things. We've got people that trust in their family. And we ought to be able to trust in our families. Boy, I thank God for a good family. What a blessing good family is. And a good family is something that, man, you money cannot buy and it's a blessing to have a good family. But we don't need to put so much confidence in them because, just to be honest, family can fail us along the way. And then a lot of us are putting trust in our jobs. And I want to tell you right now, you can have a job Friday when you left, go back in Monday morning and say, we are shutting the doors. Amen? And boy, I'm telling you, we don't need to put so much confidence in a job that it looks like that that's what's looking after us and taking care of when really God's the one that prospers a business anyway, regardless of who's running it. So we got families that we trust in, jobs we trust in. Some people go to bed healthy and they trust it in their health and next thing you know in the middle of the night they wake up, they're not healthy anymore. Things change along the way. Uh, some people trust in their cars to get back and forth to work and uh, to their jobs and some of you are trusting a lot because you rode in here on something besides a Ford this morning, Amen. Y'all can laugh a little bit there this morning, amen. And if you're not a Ford person, that's just what I choose and that's what I like, but I'll drive anything that's cheap, praise God, amen, as long as it gets me from point A to point B. But when you think about it, we trust in all kinds of things that, uh, just to be honest, they're temporal things. 
These things are going to come to pass one of these days. Our families, just I hate to say this, but our families are going to run out one of these days. Our jobs are going to run out. Our health is going to start to cease one of these days. And you can read Ecclesiastes on that to where the windows begin to get dim, talking about your eyes. And the grinders begin to cease, talking about your teeth. And our bodies wire out, so our health is going to go one of these days. Even if you did ride in on a fourth this morning to church, they wire out also, amen. They're temporal just like everything else. So I ask you this morning, what are you trusting in? The word trust means actually it's a belief or reliability in something or something. It's a truth or the ability to strengthen one from something else. That's what the definition is. Basically what you're doing, you're putting confidence in something to look after you and to take care of you. As we look here in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7 and 8, it's talking about blessed is the man who trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit and he's talking about this tree being in the midst in a sense of a desert he said when this world's wisdom is running out if we as Christians trust in the Lord and our hope is in the Lord we're still going to be flourishing we're still going to be giving forth fruit hey when your job runs out God's not broke amen hey when your health runs out God's peace is, is still there God's grace is still there God's comfort is still there Hey, when the Ford breaks down, he's got a mechanic down the road or got another car coming for you somewhere along the way. Amen. And so we see here the Lord is one that looks after us. And if we trust in him and we put our hope in him, he's going to take care of things. Amen. So I ask you this morning, what are you trusting in? What are you looking to to trust in? And it comes a place in our life to where we realize that along the way, I'm a man. Praise God. And I'm glad I am. Amen. And we need more men in the world. And I'm talking about men that will be men. But a man in his mindset, sometimes it's hard to trust in the Lord in the way he ought to. Because as a man, I'm always trying to figure out ways to look after my family. As a man, I'm always trying to figure out ways to look after the church. As a man, when I laid down Thursday night and seen the bank account getting a little empty, as a man, I was trying to figure out how I, as a man or individual, was going to place finances back somewhere that I had no control of whatsoever. So as a man uh, in the flesh, it's hard to trust in the Lord, but it gets at time and places in our life to where we've got to realize that trusting in the Lord is all that we have. When it, comes that, when it comes down to it, that's all we have. First and foremost, the first thing I want to mention about trusting in the Lord, and this is the most vital part, you and I can disagree on a lot of things in life. You can disagree on whether you like Fords or not, and that's just fine, amen. You can disagree whether you like my tie on or not, amen. You can disagree on whether you like I trim my beard up, and a lot of you already told me you like it a lot better, but that's all right. That's between me and the Lord too, amen. But we can disagree on a lot of things. We can disagree on a few doctrines in the Bible. And if we disagree on doctrine in the Bible, you wouldn't ever be able to teach uh, here at the church because we've got to agree on what, because we don't want to confuse nobody. But you and I can disagree on a few doctrines of the Bible, and we shouldn't, but so we should be in harmony. But one thing you and I cannot disagree on because it weighs in eternity is a thing of salvation. We need a trust in the Lord for salvation. I believe it's folks all over this county, all over this community, and all over this world to be entering indoors of churches this morning that's trusting in the wrong thing. 
They're trusting in their, uh, in their giving to the church. And friend, I think you ought to give to the church, not, to, uh, not for the preacher to have fat pockets or anything like that, but it's God's ministry. And if that church has been run the way that it ought to be run, nobody ought to have a problem giving to the things of the Lord so the gospel message can go out into the highways and hedges and lives can be changed, people can be strengthened, and they can live for God and in turn reach somebody else with a glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But friend, you giving is not going to get you into the kingdom of God. It don't matter. You can come in here and write a million dollar check and that's not going to buy you favor with God. Amen. Folks think because they come to church it's going to find favor with God. Coming to church is not going to get you to heaven. I come to church because I I need to sing him. I I need to preach him. I need to fellowship. I come to church because I want to and sometimes I don't feel like it. I come on anyway because that's where I know I need to be because I've got something on the inside that says I I want it. I want to fellowship. And I have a desire for it. But coming to church is not going to get us into heaven. Your name on the church roll is not going to get you into the kingdom of God. You can church and go to church, to church, to church, and put your name on every roll in this county. And when you stand before God, if you've not been saved and born again by the good grace of the Lord, He'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Because be honest, I think you ought to be part of a church. I think you ought to be a member of a church. But if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, it's not going to do you a bit of good when you stand before God. And so we see here that uh, you know, trusting in the Lord for salvation. The water baptism is not going to get you saved. It's going to identify you that you have been saved and that you have been born again. Uh, doing great things for the Lord, uh, going out and trying to witness and doing things like that is not going to get you into the kingdom of God. I'll never forget, I got his mission card up there, James and Rosie, I believe it was, and, uh, or it might have been one of the other missionaries that came. We've had so many coming. We'll have another one with us uh, next Sunday morning that's going to China. He'll be with us here uh, next Sunday. And uh, she gave a testimony about going out. She was on the mission field with a with a group knocking on doors, go tell somebody about Jesus. And when she read Romans chapter five, but God committing his love towards us, and while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. She realized standing on those steps as she was knocking on the door to tell somebody else about the Lord that she never had been saved, friend. I want to tell you right now, hey, your works are not going to get you into heaven. We need to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. I don't know what you're trusting in this morning, but if you're not trusting the shed blood, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're not going to make it. And that's all it is to it. The, uh, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said the gospel is this, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we look here in these verses of Scripture, I want to share them with you in Titus chapter 3, verse 4 and 8. It said, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward uh, men, appeared. It's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. It said, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior that being justified by grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. He says, not by works of righteousness which you and I have done. We don't do anything to merit salvation. Amen. You can work to your, uh, to your fingers, work your fingers to the bone. Uh, you can work yourself to now trying to get into the kingdom of God. But your works is not going to do a bit of good if you've not trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now look at, uh, listen to this verse of Scripture. Titus chapter four, uh, 3, verse 4 through 8, in a latter part of what I just read, that they which have believed in God, 
There's a believing comes before good works is accepted. They that which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. So your good works before Christ is doing you no good. But your good works after Christ we are to maintain. Do not miss Jesus Christ because He is what makes the difference of our works being accepted. Before Christ, hey, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. You come to know Christ, right here you're doing your works, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Jesus Christ makes the difference in the work that you're doing. Amen. Has your work ever felt burdensome and dreary and like you didn't really want to do it? Hey, it might be because you're not close to the Lord. It might be because you've never been saved and never been born again. As we look here, trusting in the Lord for salvation. Uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, it says, For by your works are you saved through faith. Now, if you know your Bible, that's not what it says. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Again, we see not of works, not of your tithes, not of your offerings, not of your church membership, hey, not of your baptism, not of you going out knocking on doors, not of you carrying a Bible or anything like that, not of your works, lest any man should boast. You and I have nothing to brag about when it comes to salvation. Because if we did, boy, we'd be bragging. Boy, you won't believe what I saved myself from. Boy, I was drinking and boy, I'd done, I'd done drugs and I was a dutch, I was a whoremonger and all these things. And man, I turned my life around. Ain't I a great person? No, we can brag on the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done for us. It's not of our works, but it's what He has done. But now look what the verse says. For we are His workmanship. You and I, after we're saved, we are His workmanship. He is working on you and I. Please let the Lord work on you. Boy, let Him place you on that potter's wheel and He'll form you in the image of His dear Son. And so we are created His workmanship in Christ Jesus. And look again, unto good works. I want you to get this this morning. Again in Ephesians, we find before Christ, good works not accepted. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Accept Christ, you, uh, you're created unto good works, and then you stand before the Lord. Hey, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Jesus Christ is what makes a difference in your good works. Hey, it's a group of people, boy, they spend hours upon hours knocking on doors and uh, telling people about Jehovah, and they have a good works type uh, ministry and a good works type gospel, but it's not going to do them any good whatsoever. i just be honest with you. Every religion besides those that believe in saving grace is a works religion. Every bit of it. The crowd that lives up the road from me, the Harry Christians, they are a works religion. They believe in Hinduism. And, and the more that they uh, meditate and the more that they look at their diet and all these other things, and the more that they uh, be better reincarnated whenever they come back. And we see that that's a works type religion. Those that are just trying to do more and more and more to find themselves accepted before God is a works type religion. Everything you see, uh, taking communion and not being saved, you think you find favor with God. No, it you ought not take communion if you've not been saved by the good grace of the Lord. You don't take communion to find favor with the Lord. You take communion to remember what He's done for you. Amen. But we got the Catholic people, they take the sacraments and they think it's finding favor with Christ and it's turning into His little blood and body. And boy, it's doing them favor and find favor before God. And it's just a works type religion. Friend, I want to tell you, if you're not saved by the good grace of the Lord, you're trusting in the wrong thing. Trust in the Lord for salvation. If you haven't, you need to get that thing settled this morning. But after you've trusted in the Lord for salvation, friend, I want to tell you, here's some things that come our way. Amen. And we've got to trust in the Lord for strength. 
I'm honest when I say that this morning, boy, I, I sure didn't feel like I could come and hold a uh, service this morning. I'm just being honest with you. As we was waking up in the wee hours of the morning, I was asking God, I said, God, give us a message and uh, give us some thoughts. I, I need something this morning. And, and, and Lord, you know I can't do this without you, Lord. And, and boy, I tell you, I, it's hard to get to that place sometimes, but then on the other side, it's a good thing to be at that place because it makes you dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ and your prayer life and His goodness and His mercy and His grace and it's not only just in uh, preaching or teaching or anything like that in our daily walk in life we need to trust in the Lord for strength we need to trust in the Lord for strength the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15 through 18 it says for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many reabound to the glory of God for which cause we faint not But though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Friend, as we look at these verses of Scripture, the Apostle Paul was talking about going through things. He was talking about going through problems. He was talking about going through troubles. He was talking about going through trials. And he might even in a sense was talking about maybe going through some health issues because this outward man is perishing each and every day. I'm not but 39 years old. I'll be 40 in August, August the 29th. I'll just go ahead and remind you all about that too. So like Father's Day, amen. But I'll be 40 and I've never been 40 before. I don't know what 40 feels like. I know what 39 feels like. And after I got out of that crawl space and uh, on Friday evening, I thought I was running pretty well. And then we went somewhere and I tried to get out the car with my wife. And man, I got stuff I hurt even this morning that I didn't realize I'd had uh, for a very long time. And this outward body is perishing each and every day. I looked in the mirror this morning. My hairs are turning more and more white. And, uh, you know, uh, I thought about going by the dollar store, just get me a little just for men to rub in there and make me feel better about myself. But regardless, that's still going to be under there, isn't it? Amen. Hey, this body is, is created out of dust and because of sin, the outward man is perishing each and every day. I've had more health issues this year than I've had in my whole 39 years of living and I don't know what lies in front of me, but I do want to be able to trust in the Lord and understand that though this outward man is perishing each and every day, the inward man can be renewed day by day. Say, so explain that to us. All right, I'm glad you asked. Amen. What that means is outward man can be going downhill, but you can be one of the strongest individuals on the inside through the grace of God that anybody's ever seen in their life. Some of the strongest people that I've ever seen and met in my life was little old, and don't get me wrong when I say this, I am not being disrespectful, but it's little, drawn up, white-haired ladies and men. That's some of the strongest people that I have ever seen in my life. And if you ain't never met one, you're missing out on a blessing. If you don't have time for one, you better get time. Because one of these days, if God allows you, you'll be in that same position. We've living in a generation where we don't have no time for older people. We don't have no time and respect. I'll tell you, when we lose this generation we got right now, we have lost something. We got a generation that knows something about hard work and hard labor and about uh, raising things and raising families and uh, a lot of them know about living for God. When we've lost this generation, this world has lost something that will not come back. 
But some of the strongest people I've ever seen in my life, they're so frail on the outside, but so strong on the inside. And I have sat back and think, oh my God, if I ever get to that place, I just pray that I can have what they've got on the inside to get me through what they're going through. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul's are talking about right here. He said, though this outward man perishes each and every day, and that inward man can be renewed day after day after day until he calls us home. Amen. Boy, I'm telling you, we need to be trusting in the Lord for strength. And you can be running pretty well right now, be in your prime, and you think you don't need God. But I'm going to tell you, it's coming a day where you're going to need God just to get through the day. Boy, you're going to be waking up in the middle of the night and praying and asking God to help you and bless you and say, Lord, i got to be able to get up this morning. Lord, i got to be able to provide for my family. i got this I need to take care of. And boy, you're going to, it's coming a day. I'd go ahead and be thanking him for what he's given me right now because there's coming a day to where you'll be asking and begging and longing for the strength on the inside just to get this old outward man that's going to the dust, just to get him out of bed every morning. Amen. Friend, I want to tell you, what are you trusting in this morning? We've got to trust in the Lord for strength, but also we've got to trust in Him, in him for our security. Now, I believe in security. Uh, we went and had the church training thing, and uh, He showed us how to take you down by the pinky finger. You don't believe me if y'all, I hadn't showed any of y'all that. Y'all just get with me after church, and we'll try to drive you to your knees with your pinky finger. Amen. Please don't try it on me. My joints are very tender. If my wife wants to whoop on me, she grabs my fingers, start twisting on them, and I, call, I holler uncle real quick, don't I, honey? Amen? Boy, I can't stand nobody messing with my joints like that. But I believe in security. As I said last Sunday, I believe in looking after your house. I got all kinds of security measures around our house. They measure 38 special. They measure 357. They measure, measure 12 gauge double alt buck above the door. They measure 7.62 by 39. I believe in all kinds of security measures. Amen. Some 50 round clips, some five shot. Anyway, let's just see. He's on this morning. But I believe in security. But we can protect this physical body all that we want to. But I'm talking about that on the inside that you and I have no ability whatsoever to protect in a sense. Trusting in the Lord for security. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 through 4 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. If you want to know about perfect peace, he's getting ready to give you the answer. Whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. What are we talking about this morning? We're talking about trust in the Lord, right? Those that trust in Him are going to have perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him because He trusts in Thee. Now it goes on to say, Trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So this ties the strength and security in together. It's a daily decision to trust in the Lord. We have problems each and every day of our life. Buddy, I'm going to tell you... I, I, I can't explain some of the things that run through my little feeble mind each and every day. Just to be honest, it scares me to death sometimes. And I can tell when I'm not trusting on the, in the Lord because I begin to lose that sense of peace in my life. And if we would just make a decision to stay our mind on the things of the Lord, look what he said, whose mind is stayed on thee. Talking about staying on the Lord because he trusted in thee. When these problems and troubles and trials come, we've got to fix our mind on the goodness of the Lord and he'll keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus because if not, it'll drive you crazy thinking about what all's going on in life. So if we want perfect peace, we've got to think about the goodness of the Lord and the steadiness of God and us being in His hand. Amen. Boy, I tell you, I was talking to a guy yesterday 
into a cafe and I went over and talked to him. He said, boy, I said, how's things been going? He said, well, okay. He said, you know, it's all right, but the Lord's been good to me. And my old saying, I told him like I've told you, hey, but the world's rough, but the Lord's been good, amen. So we got to think about the goodness of the Lord in the midst of all this chaos that we're in. So if we're going to have perfect peace, we're going to have to get our thoughts and our mind back on the things of God, amen. So we look at this, we trust in the Lord for salvation, we trust in the Lord for strength, but also we trust in the Lord for security this morning. Boy, I want to be saved. I want to have peace of mind. But not only that, we need to trust in the Lord for service. We read these a few months ago or a few weeks ago. We preached out of these verses of Scripture out of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 7. It says, trust in the Lord. We're talking about trust with all thy heart. You know, I believe a lot of people trust in the Lord in a sense, but a lot of times it's not with all their heart. It's with a little piece of their heart. Lord, I give you this much of my heart, but I'm going to hold on to the rest of it. Lord, I, I'll give you this much of my heart, but I want to hold on to this over here, Lord. And, and Lord, I give you about 99% of my heart, and i got 1% left. Lord, Just I'm going to hold on to that 1%. But that's not what the Lord says here. It says trust in the Lord with 99% of your heart. No, that's not what it says. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. Do you know where we're going back to? We're going back to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, where it says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. He said, Lean not unto your own understanding. You and I are mankind. So what I'm picking up from looking at the Scriptures is that if you want to, in a sense, carry a curse in your life, just go your own way. The way of a transgressor's heart. The way of a Christian doing his own things hard. When you get to heaven, ask Jonah. I, you know that message we preached uh, several times uh, uh, and preached it one time here at the church about Christians in the belly of hell. That's what it was a picture of was a child of God being in the belly of hell. The hell that the Christian will experience has been out of the will of God running from God. That's the only hell you experience. And I'm not being irreverent or ugly or cussing when I say that. But friend, just go your own way. Lean into your own understanding and not acknowledge the Lord. And in a sense, you'll bring a curse upon you. I'm going to tell you, life will be a lot harder walking in your own wisdom than it is walking in God's wisdom. Life's hard walking with the Lord. I'm just going to be straight up and honest with you this morning. But thank God at least we got somebody going with us. Hey, when nobody else can get to where you're at, now you got somebody you can talk to that bring a peace of God which passes all understanding. Because it's places we got to go sometimes that nobody else can go with us. And we'll be surrounded by people. Amen? I understand why well, some of you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you'll feel like you're all alone and you have 70, 80 people standing around you. <clears throat> then the Lord will let you know, say, hey, I'm always right here with you. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not into thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. He's telling us here, he said, just follow me. Follow me, trust in me. I'm telling you, it's hard to trust in the Lord when it comes to following him because it's a path We've never been down before. Some of the most nerving times I had driving a tractor trailer was when I had to go find new places. You know, I had a regular run when I worked for a company called Fastenal. I run uh, about 14 hours four days a week. 
Same run, same stops, same everything. Man, I, I can about tell you when the stoplights would change. Amen. I can tell you what, when they put the hot dogs on down in Burlington and when they was fresh and uh, when the person's coming in work, man, I knew everything about that route. I run it for years. And next thing you know, they come in and say, hey, I need you. Somebody's out of work. I need you to run a trip down to Elizabeth City. You got 10 stops going down there. Yeah, I'd get out of my comfort zone. So I didn't really want to do it. I didn't really want to go that direction. I had to get out of my comfort zone. You know, as Christians, we get comfortable, don't we? But I got in that tractor trailer and I had a map to tell me exactly. It was before this GPS and all that stuff. Man, it's hard. Even Some of you guys don't even know what life is like without a phone to tell you where to get. Amen. It used to be a box that you stick up on the dashboard. Before that box you stuck up on the dashboard called the Garmin or Tom Tom, you had an old-fashioned road map. Amen. And boy, you'd get on there and you'd start looking. You'd make sure you'd map it all out. And I'd write, take a piece of notebook paper and I'd write every turn down and about the mileage and about how long it would take me so I could know if I could have an hour to set back and Relax before I had to watch for the next turn. Man, I could find anything in a map tell you about how long it's going to take to get there and all that stuff. But friend, I had to learn how to use that. When I got out of my comfort zone, I'd get back to that old map book and it'd tell me exactly where I needed to go. And it ain't too long you take a wrong turn, you can get back in there and you can get to reading and looking at it and he'd steer you in the right direction. He'd do us well to get out of our comfort zone for the Lord. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not in thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. May I say this this morning in closing. Sometimes believing in God's the easy part. Just be honest with you, sometimes it is. Trusting in Jesus Christ when the Holy Spirit says, hey, you're a sinner and you see Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you accept Him. When I seen that, it was easy for me to do that. And it was easy, but I'm going to tell you in my Christian life, it's not always been easy to follow the Lord in the direction He was leading. Because you've never, ever been down that path before. I remember when the Lord was wanting us to go into prison work, scared to death. Walked in that first prison house, raised a wire everywhere, drove to Scioto, Ohio, finished a revival meeting up on Wednesday night. I slept two hours, drove seven and a half hours to Ohio, and boy, going in and seeing all that razor wire blowed my mind. I got cussed out more than I've been cussed out in my life at, at three days. Uh, had some gang ladies in there. They started doing that gang language back and forth. One of them looked at me and said, you know what we just said? I said, I have no idea. And so she cussed a little bit and says, need to get out of our face. I said, all right, if you don't want the gospel, you know, you might as well go ahead and leave and shake the dust off your feet because you're not going to help them if they're pushing you away like you can't help nobody pushing you away. Scared to death. Radio ministry. Scared to death. You, you try preaching on the air live. it tire your nerves up. God showed me one day who was in control, getting ready to go on the air live. Five minutes. They had a clock in there would count down. I'd watch that thing. Five minutes before it went on the air, I forgot everything I'd studied. Everything. I couldn't even remember the scripture references where I was supposed to be at. And I'm looking at that clock counting down, and I'm praying. I said, God, you got to help me. Lord, I, I don't know what's just went on, but I have forgot everything. And I was thinking, I said, man, I'm going to have to tell the DJ just to play music in my spot. And just about 30 seconds before that time to come on the air, God let it come back to remembrance, Numbers 22, about the brazen serpent being lifted up in the air. If you look under here, he'd heal you after being snake bit. God showed me right then who had everything under control. And then after that, God would allow the other guy that come on 30 minutes behind me, sometimes he'd call in and God allow us an hour to preach. After he showed me I couldn't preach without him, 
Friend, I want to tell you, it's been some scary times in life. You want to know a scary time? Walk into a nursing home to try to hold a service. You don't know if they're going to run over your toe with a wheelchair. You don't know if they're going to hit you with a cane. You don't know what they're going to say. I remember going up, had a great aunt. She'd been wanting to, uh, to hear us preach and got in there. Man, she listened to the singing, but when I got up preach, she went to sleep. After she got done, she said, boy, you've done a good job. I said, well, you know, reckon so. Put you right to sleep, amen. It's scary. Some of the scariest times I've ever had is going in a nursing home to preach. A path I've never been down before. God's got some paths for you guys you've never been down before. It might not just be service of the Lord. It might be a step in life. I don't know. It might be marriage. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing some stuff out there. Hey, I want to tell you what. If it's God's person, God will lead you and help you with it. Every area of your life, God will help you with it. But see, we have an easy time believing in God, but we have a hard time following God's plan sometimes. But it requires us trusting in Him and uh, trusting in His Word and believing in His promises that He knows best for us. I'll be honest, sometimes I have no idea what's best for me. I really don't. So Lord, I just I don't know what's best for me. I just need you to show me this morning. Amen. Everybody stand all over the church. Miss Jane, if you don't mind, come get us a little something on the piano. By way of invitation.